Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. It's Friday again, it's 5pm again, and um, Brad, are you still on the beach? I'm back off of the beach, finally. Um, it was. It definitely felt like minus something or other along there. Although when I was walking into the wind, I, I felt like I might die from frostbite, despite my huge jacket. But when I was walking back away from the wind, uh, I felt a little bit sweaty under my armpits. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a, it was a tale of two sides really, just being extremely extremely cold, and then uh, a bit too hot in my uh, down jacket. But hey, man, it was beautiful. It was, it was kind of sunny. You can turn, you can turn <laughs> anything into a story, can't you? Just different directions of walking was an entirely different point of view for Bradley. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, this is it, you know. This is what I do. This is what I bring to the, uh, to the podcast table. The, uh, the sort of the element of surprise slash danger slash nonsense. Um, yeah, it was I'm a not lot... sure we could call danger walking on Margate <laughs> Beach in what three or four degrees. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It can, can be dangerous. They when when there's too much um, uh, poo poo. Uh, when when they're overwhelmed, they do plop it out into the sea. So you know, it can that can be dangerous. I could I could get attacked by a, a floating turd or something potentially. So um, you know, there's your danger. I mean, but you were—you weren't in the sea. I could have been in the sea, Johnny. I wasn't in the sea. You—you you couldn't see my feet. Maybe I was. Uh, no, paddling. that is true. <laughs> I was having very true. I couldn't a, see a your freezing feet. paddle just to sort of uh, start my day off right at one in the afternoon. Yeah, but perhaps we should explain what you're talking about when we say <laughs> people couldn't see your feet. Yeah, so I, I put out a little Instagram post because I thought nobody ever sends us any questions, Johnny. So I thought, why don't, I nobody tr- does. why don't I try putting out a post on Instagram? Do a little video walking along the beach. Send us your questions, guys, and we'll pick out our favourite question and answer it on this week's podcast. And do you know what, Johnny? Within 10 minutes, we had 10 questions. That is the power of Instagram. Well, I think we should say, I think the, the reason that we don't get that many questions is because we do ask people to record it. Yeah, and yeah, send yeah. it in as an audio file. But we just want to remind you that you can just email craftbeerboys at gmail.com with a question and we'll read it out. Or apparently you can Instagram us. Yeah, I might just, well, I might not, but I might start doing these semi-regularly if we get in the doldrums again with, with no comments. Um, just go walking in the sea. Yeah, people, they seem to respond to um, to a, a sort of very 
sunstruck, wind-faced buffoon uh, in a big orange coat. So, yeah, I can do that on, on repeat if we need to. There you go. You knew that was the key to uh, Friday 5pm interactive <laughs> content. I guess it's this interconnectivity, isn't it, Johnny? It's, it's connecting all of our different lovely uh, subscribers, viewers, Instagrammers, Discorders, uh, YouTubers, everyone together, Twi- Twitterati, all of them. And this is just another a little string to the bow. Beautiful. There you go. Um, right, well, let's... Um start the podcast bradley how are you what have you been up to this week i'm all right man yeah we uh i've been up to a bit of stuff a little bit of sort of personal work and a bit of renovating my my place today i've been building a kitchen table and uh i'm about to sand down um my worktops in my kitchen to to real oil them so that's quite exciting uh but by the seaside so that's that's very nice and uh earlier on in the week we've been filming together as you well know uh, on a project i think we're almost kind of telling people about right now so uh that's yeah well when i've got i've got a story to tell you about that as well in a minute a little surprise for you bit of danger nice danger i don't i don't like danger when it comes to homebrewing though (laughs) (laughs) well i mean if i'd been present it might have been a little bit dangerous but you'll be pleased to know the danger had passed by the time i Okay. Stepped into the studio this morning. I feel like I can anticipate what's happened, but I don't want to spoil it. Well, shall, shall I? Shall I say? Yeah, you need to tell us now. You can't keep us waiting. Yes. So, so I came into the studio this morning um, and walked in, and I was like, "Woo! Smells like a lot of fermentation has happened." Mm. And then I, I looked at the fermenter where our West Coast homebrew is, which is is going to be a video in a couple of weeks, and uh, there was no bubbler on top. Shit. Okay. Yeah. And the top of the fermenter was absolutely caked in yeast. Wait. So we we made a starter for this batch in a bid to ensure that we got a really clean fermentation. And that starter has really gone to town. So does that so, mean it was too much star or it was what's what's happened? No, just because we've had a really great fermentation Real and good. we filled the fermenter probably a little bit too much. Amazing. Awesome. It didn't um, like sort so, of go off like a rocket all over the equipment and the, the ceiling, hopefully. No, I mean, the bubbler was a fair distance away from the fermenter, so there was clearly a bit of a pop. Yeah. Um, but but luckily, um, because it's not sort of properly fixed in that bung, it's sort of vaguely wedged, it wouldn't have gone far. But yeah, there was loads of, of, of yeasty cake on the top. I took a photo, so I'll, I'll stick it on Instagram or, or something so that you can, you can see the mess that was made. Um, but then, so I cleaned up the top of the lid, put the bung, bung back in, sat, sanitized it, put the bung back in, and then five minutes later, the same thing happened. Jesus. Not not as dramatically. I don't think so much pressure had built up, but I didn't put it in as firmly and so it just sort of sort of popped and fell over. Um so, so now did... I've I've No, go for it. I was gonna say now I've done the brewery trick of, of I've now just got a, a pipe coming out the top out of the bung and it's going into uh, a jug of water. Nice. And you can probably maybe hear it every now and then. It's going blah, 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 blah. it's pretty powerful. Beautiful. It's very very vivid details, Johnny. I feel like you you could have maybe maybe we should have a fish tank in the um in the in a brudio now um and you can sort of have a permanent bubbler sort of going into the fish tank and you could wire it up to one of those little plastic um pirate chests that bubbles and then when the bubbles reach enough it it swings open do you know what I'm talking about I'm not, 
I'm not sure we should be bubbling carbon <laughs> dioxide into fish tanks. They'll love it. Don't they? They're, I don't they're think that's right. what they breed. I don't know. Who, know. who knows, Johnny? Maybe it'll be all right. Biologists probably know. I think they could handle it. Just a little bit of I'm bubbles. <laughs> little bubble bubble. Why not? You know, when I was when I was living, I lived I lived in a house with my best friends for seven years when I first moved to London, and we had a fish tank, and we bought two fish. One was called the Count, and the other one was called Saucy Jack. Um, <laughs> okay. Saucy Jack uh, was a good fish. We loved Saucy Jack. Um, he tragically died about three years in, but the Count. We couldn't even kill, even if we'd have wanted to. He was a monster. He killed all the other fish that we brought in to replace Saucy Jack. Um, and I, I reckon he'd have he'd have eaten the bubbles just to show how hard he was. Um, but you're right in that goldfish are pretty hard to kill, I think. This was just a goldfish. Um, this wasn't like a tench or some sort of It could have been a meat and goldfish. Wow. Um, but no, it was just a goldfish. Amazing. But it was, it was terrifying. Once um, the first tank that we had actually smashed... Wow. Like there must have been a little flaw in the glass that we didn't know about, and it smashed all over. Like it sort of burst basically, and both the fish survived miraculously. But the count was out of the water for like I don't know, like two minutes before we could sort of gather his flapping form. And, he, and... I bet you uh, you took your time with the count. By the sounds that you were like, uh, get the other one first. Uh, well, oh. He hadn't he hadn't displayed his true colours yet. He did yeah. like. Okay. Try to go for you when you when you fed him. Wow, um, aggressive! Go right up to the surface of the water and sort of bite at you, tipping the the fish food in. Apparently, fish food is fish, which is kind of terrifying. So they're all cannibals. It's, um, yeah, it's like daphnia or something, which is like tiny little shrimps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, he he hadn't shown his true colours at that point. So otherwise, we might have just left him flapping. Um, just a disclaimer there, we wouldn't have left him flapping, that's animal cruelty. But um, maybe we would have. No, we wouldn't. Probably this is would. this we is should've. making me think of um, the amazing, amazingly bad film, Deep Blue Sea, with LL Cool J and Samuel L. Jackson, whoa, 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 amongst whoa, whoa. others. What do you mean amazingly bad? Well, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've watched it about ten times. It's a very <laughs> enjoyable film, but it is pretty terrible. But that yeah. is, you're, what you're basically telling me is you had a super aggressive, super intelligent goldfish that that smashed its head against the uh the glass so yeah. much that he that maybe he knocked it, it down broke it off yeah because um, he's double hard bastard and he just wanted to get exactly. out of his cage i mean wow. if he'd seen samuel l jackson he'd have probably done the same thing that the shark did you know i'm just glad <laughs> samuel never came around to call uh there's a great um quote uh from oh fuck. actually i won't even go into it johnny it's nonsense i won't go into it Maybe I we'll should. save that for the unedited version. Well, there's the, okay. The Holly Oaks, Friday, five, 5 oh. p.m. late. Well, it's a bit, high, a bit more highbrow. It was, it was a Werner Herzog quote oh, about okay. why I can't exactly remember it, but it was basically he was talking about the horror of the deep, the horror of the ocean. It's in, I think, it's in his film about people that live in Antarctica, which is amazing. It's called like Journey to the end of the planet or something something wacky like that it's an incredible documentary well, that's a, you can't you, there's no end to earth it's a sphere i can't oh. remember what it's called it's, it's called adventures at the whatever something or other but it basically yeah. meets researchers in mcmurdo um station which is like a sort of military station up there and hangs out with all these like different people from around the world but one of his sort of monologues is over 
some crazy stuff like crazy weird things under the frozen well not frozen water alive water but weird super cold water and he's saying about how we as humans and mammals and stuff um climbed out of the primordial soup um and to avoid the horrors of the deep because he says that you know life at a sort of cellular tiny little microscopic level is just pure horror because everything is eating everything else and it's super aggressive and you're you're just basically dinner your dinner your dinner your dinner until you're a shark um or something like that like apex you're just you're just on the menu for everything so there's a beer name in that your dinner or you're a shark yeah yeah but um new england co- double ipa oh, yeah. or maybe an imperial stout with chili what's the isn't there a verdant one that's called something about sharks even sharks need water that's so actually it. that's that's alluding to the fragility of a shark so you can be top of the food chain but you still need water got you yeah anyway uh should we start the podcast um <laughs> so you um well actually no we'll get to the instagram question should we talk about this week's video before this all gets away from us yeah yeah yeah. that instant sorry that that Werner Herzog film was called antarctica encounters at the end of the world just in case anyone wants to go. go and watch it it's excellent right let's yeah. get back to um, the bit yeah this week's video yes so this week's video was uh something that i think it was suggested to us very recently, but has been mooted many times by viewers and, and commenters about going back and assessing our prejudices about macro lago to see whether any of them are particularly tasty, whether all of them are particularly tasty, how bad they could possibly be, and seeing, you know, if we did a blind taste test, whether anything surprised us. Um, so, yeah, I, I went to Town Film. That's the first sort of proper episode that I've done in the in the Brudio um and it's courted some controversy there's it's interesting how when you have a video that goes very well how many real dickheads are just right right on the outside of our audience you know <laughs> just waiting waiting for something to trigger them and come in yeah um, great but stuff. we've had lots of really great comments off of it um and lots of people is weird because i always assumed that cronenberg 1664 was a premium beer whereas lots of the comments are like yeah that stuff's nasty and it really was yeah it's not great i mean i was i was of the same sort of thinking as you in my youth um you know if someone rocked up to a house party with a six pack of uh Kronberg 1664s um and put them in the sort of general shared ice bucket or whatever you'd think that guy's a bit of a player he's obviously mm. it's obviously uh you know, yeah, working, he's trying to impress. Yeah, well, he's you know working pretty hard on his paper round. Got some good <laughs> income coming in, or his parents are very generous. They've given him at least five pounds to buy that six pack of beer. Yeah. So um, yeah, but it, it's always been nasty. I think I've never I've never enjoyed the um, the wonders of the sixteen sixty four. This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my events calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. 
See you there. I, I, I remembered it being quite bitter and assuming I didn't have the palate for it. Mm. Um, I was I was a Guinness drinker back in my youth, mostly. Um, yeah. Which almost has no bitterness other than sort of that roasted malt character. So I, I found it really, really bitter. But that kind of postage stamp tannic thing, real, real nasty. And de- I swear I got a seat aldehyde off of it as well. It was a genuinely flawed beer, whereas all the others were, except for the Corona, which was skunky as hell, were all like like good you know achieved their aims whereas the Cronenberg definitely didn't yeah it's um I mean I'm kind of surprised that uh more of them weren't absolutely terrible I mean don't get me wrong that we we were sort of talking about doing this video together because I've I've got some sort of beers like that which I think are tolerable even enjoyable in certain circumstances so um I was I was interested to see you sort of pick them apart from a very analytical perspective. Although you did drop the ball a bit with your marking system when you were rating <laughs> yeah, stuff five out of six. Six out of five. <laughs> Excellent. I'm a professional beer uh, judge, but I don't understand scoring. Six out of five. And that was a bad score as well. That was that was excellent, yeah. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, apologies but... for, for, for that. Mm. Very um, enjoyable did video. You... Thank you, man. Did you see any enjoyable comments? Yeah, I just, I mean, I sort of, I felt uh, the same as some of the commenters. So we had a comment from Prismed. I'm not quite sure how you say that, or Prismed. Uh, I find that these get worse the more you drink. They become both sweeter and bitterer, which is odd. Rheinbacker is not too bad, though, in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, I, I, it's well known I've got a sweet tooth. Um which I think is why I find the little 330ml um, stubby of Heineken acceptable as as a sort of summer drink. Like if I, if I was at a house party, not that I'd go to any house parties anymore, but you know, if I saw a little one of those boys kicking around at the bottom, I'd probably scoop it out. Obviously not if there was a better beer in there, but I think it's... I, think well, it's... I mean, I don't think Heineken's particularly sweet. It was one of the most bitter. That's yeah. why I quite liked it. I find it. I find there's a little bit of sweetness, but there, that that comment was like it gets bitter and it gets sweeter. So I kind of like those qualities in in a lager, I guess. So maybe it is the bitterness as well. But um, right. yeah, or maybe you just got um, a particularly good one, Johnny. I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, the Heineken was was decent. You know, if if you'd served me that and said that's a German Pilsner, yeah. I'd have been like, yeah, it's all right. Um, it's still, you know. All of these beers had the same aroma, and it was maize, basically. I, I don't think it was DMS. I think it was probably the fact that maybe corn's been in there, or maybe rice, if, if some of that's been added into it, or a particular strain of you know, incredibly low-flavor malt that they're all using. But something made them all smell a little bit sweet, corny, DMS-y. Um, and Heineken had the least of that. Um, Do you think so some that's of these... sort of why it came up my favorite. Some of these guys, the big guys, they they lean into that sort of stuff because they know it might kind of be an aspect. So you know, like when you have a Corona that's in a totally clear glass bottle, it's going to be skunked, and it's kind of like they lean into that sort of skunky quality as as the kind of flavour profile, which is it, super it, weird. It, it's kind of, it, it it's a question I'd love to an answer I'd love to get from some of these breweries because there's so many people that talk about like 
on purpose um mistakes like yeah corona being skunky heineken being skunky pilsner raquel having diacetyl all, all all these kind of things where like yeah that's what it's supposed to be and you're like you know how do you guarantee the skunk levels how do you guarantee um that that you know it's not going to have further effects on the beer further down the line like i feel I'm skeptical of this idea that they want those kind of characters in their beer. I think it's more likely that Corona has always been in a clear bottle. The clear bottles always sold extremely well. And I think, I think clear bottles will always sell better to people who don't understand the issue with it because you can see the liquid. It looks more refreshing. It's also why um, Pilsen Raquel was in green bottles right up until about four or five years ago. Um, because they thought it looked better, but it meant that the beer could potentially get skunked, and eventually they cared enough about the product to go, you know what, we need to put this in brown. Yeah, um, I guess it's you know for Pilsen as well. It's like their color's green, isn't it? So it made a lot of sense that they'd have mm. like green glass. They're quite premium, and I think that's maybe like things like Peroni and stuff like that as well. It's very much green glass, isn't it? Because it's it's sort of got that connotation of maybe like a champagne bottle or something and we haven't even talked about like the king of beer and all this sort of you know all those kind of like old school american brands that are um they're they're all in brown yeah yeah they're kind of yeah like brown but it all it kind of looks like champagne bottles almost because they have Hmm. sort of gold foil on them and the kind of old school writing they look amazing but they just taste well i think they taste quite bad normally yeah, well, I mean, I was, you know, drinking them. I was like, I think, I kind of knew I'd think this, but I was like, they're, they're not bad. They're they're mostly pretty well made. They're just not what I would consider a good lager. But if that's something that you want to drink, then, you know, all power to you. Just don't drink Heineken because they're wankers. Um, so I was, I was pretty impressed overall with the quality of it, with the exception of... Um, of Corona and, and 1664. And to some extent, you know, like Foster's and Carlsberg were pretty shitty um stellar i thought was 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 all right i thought i drank it i was like yeah i mean uh i think it's a different recipe to when i drank it it's four four point eight now i think and and not as kind of um because it had the cliche of being a horrible term but wife beater but b being like headache fodder mm, yeah big time um, me. i don't, yeah. I don't yeah, know whether yeah. that's true anymore or not whether that was just the abv <sighs> that did it because if you drank, you know, if you drank Carlsberg all your life, and then they had a night on the Stella, which is would have been one point three percent stronger, that you're bound to have had a headache because you'd have consumed what twenty percent more alcohol that night. Yeah, I mean, certainly when I was growing up, it was known as wife beater uh, Stella, mm. so it's, it had that connotation of thuggishness, um, you know, just absolute, you know, oblivion, booze, oblivion. I'm a bastard. I'm gonna like go and have a fight, pick a fight with people while I'm out, and probably you know get a kebab and be sick on myself on my sofa when I get home. Sort of vibes. What an image. Um, but yeah, I mean, I certainly, uh, if I ever drank Stella in my youth, we're talking maybe up until I was about twenty, and I think after that point I just stopped it. But I, it gave me headaches and stuff, and I I didn't used to get. Um, hangovers when i was younger so i don't know if it was the chemicals in it or if it was literally what you're saying just that percentage and a bit stronger but something about it i tell you it did used to give me a headache there you go we'll, we'll blame chemicals even though we don't even know if there are yeah. additives in there i mean there must be some additives but yeah mm. um so the comment that i found uh was by kw 
Uh, and they said, uh, Pilsner Raquel doesn't travel well in my view, though. Maybe lager in general doesn't. In Czech, it tastes amazing. But when I drink it uh, in UK from a bottle, I can't see much difference between it and other bad macro lagers. Mm. <clears throat> um, the reason I wanted to highlight that one is because, I mean, KW is 100% right. Uh, Pilsner Raquel does not travel well, particularly in bottle um, or even in keg, really, um, unless it's the, the unfiltered, unpasteurized. Uh, it's all right in can and actually probably the best lager you can get in uh, it's either Sainsbury's or Tesco's. I can't remember which one carries it. But the the point I wanted to make is that no beer travels well. There's not a beer that travels well. Um, beer really shouldn't travel. Um, it should be drunk local and fresh. Um, and I say that as somebody who used to work for an importer and, and loved it coming in. But, you know, as soon as you've got a very pale or very hoppy beer, it's not going to travel that well. So that's why on the Craft Beer Channel, we always, in, you know, our whole shtick is travel to the place where it's made and drink it there not just for the context and the people and the joy of the travel but also because it is going to taste best there um so all of these beers even the shit ones probably taste better well i don't even know where foster's is made so you can't travel there certainly not australia yeah Um, i I was just wondering like i feel like corona is is probably bulletproof in that it tastes pretty bad when it comes (laughs) to survive a a new holocaust yeah and that's that's what the line's about it's just like ah stick that in it be right Excuse me, sorry. That's all that talk of Corona, Johnny. There you go. I'm just I'm proud of myself that I managed to get through the video without making a Corona joke. Um, Right, so shall we shall we uh, dig into the uh, the library of questions that you've produced for us with your Instagram video? Yes. Okay. Let's do one. We've got at least ten at last count. Um, I was going to do one about desert islands and stuff but johnny has reminded me that we sort of did something a bit like that before so i'm going to take a question from my cheeky pint uh go check him out on instagram if you haven't already uh his question is beyond the obvious big cities filled with breweries where are some of the hidden gems to visit for beer in the uk or destination breweries you could easily visit oh it's a great question um so my favourite sort of destination brewery, by which I mean somewhere where you'd, you'd have to travel a long way to get to and then spend a long time there, would probably be Little Earth Project. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Um, so you can go there, you can camp there, or they have sort of nice sort of um, chalets, I guess is probably the best word for it. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of like, they're, they're proper houses, aren't they, really? Little houses. I guess chalets is wooden, a good term, wooden, but, yeah. wooden houses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. real nice. Um, and th- so there's there's the brewery and then there's the pub next door it's a great pub now does has great food and lots of different beer lots of great cask and modern craft and then all the li- little earth range yeah um, that's an amazing place to go um, another great beer destination um, now is is Falmouth down in Cornwall so you've obviously got Verdant uh, you've got Black Flag and not a million miles away you've got Pipeline Brew Co as well um, who are openly open on Fridays I think but you can you can have a good beer trip down there and obviously St. Austell's not a million miles away either so um, that's another top tip for me nice uh, I've actually I've got a chapter about this in my book sort of out of town amazing places you can go and there's um, Rivington Bruco and, and a couple of others in there what about you Brad where would you go yeah well I mean I'm kind of here right now I'm in Margate so for me a sort of destination where you can go drinking and have an in- incredible sort of beer experience is, is literally doing the micropubs of uh, the East Kent coast. So we're talking head to the Isle of Thanet. You've got Broadstairs, Margate and uh, Ramsgate. We sort of featured this in one of our um, Keep Cask Alive videos. But 
Yeah, I'll put a link in case. Yeah, seen it. Well, well over 20 different um, micro pubs, as well as some brewery, like little breweries along the way. Um, and Gads, which Gads, is, Gads is an good. amazing, amazing traditional British brewery. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, it is, it is a great brewery. It kind of probably doesn't get enough love, but it, it does. They do some great stuff. Um, so I think it's this is a wonderful place to come. Um, where else? I and you can stay in Brad's Airbnb. Oh, <laughs> this is true, Johnny. Yes, I am. I'm just doing a little bit of winter refurbishment of my my place at the moment. But yeah, I have a I have a listing on Airbnb. Um, it's a, it's a flat in Cliftonville. It's very nice. It's got lots of Brad memorabilia everywhere. Um, and it's it's fun. It's called Margate underscore Airbnb on Instagram. Or you can find it on other places. Yeah, thank do, you. Do you have our books in there? I do. Yeah, yeah, you can find Good. the books on the shelves. Um, there's a little library. It's it, The library is, consists of mostly quite arty books and lo- lots of books that I, I quite like... Um, the idea of things that have been lost and found. So I've got a, a collection of books, which are um, one of them is, uh, you know, like photo mats machines where they spit out the photos when you go in them. The, 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 this book is a collection of photographs that people have left in the machines. Um, so they oh, cool. didn't like them, stuff like that. And I've got like po- like random weird postcards and uh, all these sort of like weird lost things yeah yes so anyway got a collection of lost stuff also got the smallest gallery in margate in my uh hallway which is uh lots of um uh 1960s uh kitsch um uh chechikov uh images of of sort of ladies with blue and green faces and yeah it's quite weird but anyway it sounds scary. There you go. Come, come for the beds. Stay yeah, for the yeah, yeah. art and weird books. That's it. That's it. Bit of culture. And I'm right here. Some amazing bits as well. But anyway, let's get back to uh, our question. So, yeah, Margate's great. And also, I think Lewis is, is pretty good as well for like Harvey's. And now you've got um, Beak down there as well. So, I think that's a yeah, nice and, place. Yeah, um, and there's Abyss as well you can drink while you're there. I don't know whether the brewery's actually in the town itself. But yeah. I haven't really seen Abyss anywhere else, and you can you can get hold of that. So Abyss, yeah, Lewis is another great shout. Nice. Abyss, Abyss Brewery, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I used to go drinking there when I was a bit younger. Um, it's got some real amazing, like ancient pubs, um, mm. and obviously they've got this sort of quite kind of um, pagany kind of tradition there with 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 the kind of uh, bonfire history. And they do you know, lots of Morris dancing and all that kind of stuff. So I'm into all that kind of freaky folklore stuff as well. So I think it's a good little Sussex spooky weekend destination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, there's some ideas for trips in the UK. If you're, if you're doing, well, not a staycation, because the staycation's where you stay at home. A, a, a home vacation. <laughs> home vacation. Nope, leave it if you're staying in the uk um that's all we've got time for this week i had so many things that i wanted to talk about i want to talk about my neighbor who's currently blaring out power tunes uh power ballads while he does uh does up his house i wanted to talk about our adventures with robbie knox oh. um in which we came up with a plan for a collab with him i'll put a link to his channel where he's founding the first youtube commercial brewery um so we'll be doing something with them uh and there was something else i was going to talk about oh yes 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 next week i'm appearing uh, on an episode of the game over podcast which is a beer and uh computer game podcast 
Um, so I will send a link out to that when it comes out next week. I forget which day it is, but watch out for that. And I think that's everything. Nice, nice. Well, um, everybody stay safe out there. I, I understand we don't have to wear masks anymore. So um, Is that right? I think so. I'm, I'm still wearing mine. But, uh, a little bit of distraction there from, from the big Johnson. Exactly. Yeah. Well-timed. Well-timed, Johnson. Um, yeah, well, uh, until next week, uh, love and beer. Stay safe out there. Um, and we'll see you next week for the video, which is the building of the Brudio. The Bubble and Friday 5pm podcast are brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer channel. You can watch over 400 mini documentaries at youtube.com slash the craft beer channel. And if you love what we do, support us via Patreon and get access to merchandise and our amazing Discord forum, a positive and welcoming space for everyone who loves beer, food and homebrewing. Love and beer. Love and beer.